Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The Christian is to judge their own life before they can help anyone else. How do I do that? I ask forgiveness when God points it out. I correct the issue. I remove the plank. That's why the title of the teaching, Remove the Plank. First, correct my issues. Then, notice what it says, we can clearly see to help another Christian. So here's the principle. Christians are to be actively involved in the lives of other believers. The word judge means to first distinguish and then to decide. In order to distinguish a situation, we must first have a basis or foundation that we draw from in order to judge efficiently. As believers in Christ, we know that this foundation comes from none other than God's written word. In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of aligning our lives with God's word when correcting a brother or sister in Christ. In our study, we learned that we must first analyze our own lives before rushing off to call out the errors of another believer. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark as he continues his message entitled, Remove the Plank. we have in the church? We have a lot of fault finders. They're always looking for something that's wrong. Because of that, the church has what Jesus would call this morning, plankitis. And that's right here. Couldn't get my parking spot over there. I want to start over here. And it goes, diarrhea of the mouth forever. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Nothing's ever right. It's not only in the church, it's just anywhere. You meet them, they're just plankitis. And what Jesus says is, the reason we do that, listen, what's very interesting in the original language is the speck of sawdust and the plank, well, they're made out of the same material. So what we discover is that if I'm negative and critical, I, I like to exaggerate your faults. But boy, do I minimize the seriousness of mine. You see, I have this incredible rosy picture of me. Hey, pretty good. You, you're pretty honest. You're just not right. You see, frequently I overlook, well, I overlook my own sins, but I'm so easy to spot yours. Do you know why? Because very often, those things that I criticize and complain and gripe about, and the other person, it's the same sin Look at your own life this morning. Some of the things you gripe about with your friends, your kids, your spouse are the very things that's wrong with you. No wonder I can spot them. 
because the telephone poles are in my own eye. I know what that's like. And so what we discover, and this is, this is Jesus. Jesus is an incredible teacher. Obviously, he didn't have telephone poles. He just used a plank. But what he says is, we love to point fingers at others. Because by saying all the things that are wrong with you, and I can find plenty wrong with all of you, as well as you can with me. But when I do that, I just do it because I want to look good myself. Jesus says, you hypocrite. So what's the principle? Here it is. We should judge ourselves first. We judge ourselves by the Bible. So before I can be useful to God or to anybody else, I have to judge myself. In fact, the verse I have, the chapter and verse I have up there, 1 Corinthians 11, is about the communion. Before we take communion, we're to judge ourselves. Now, when do I judge myself? How do I judge myself? Well, I judge myself by the Bible. So this morning, you're being judged. The Bible is judging you. Are you a grace giver? Or are you always a constant condemner? Are you somebody that, well, you, you really err on the side of grace, but you, you love it? Or are you that stud finder? Basically, you look for things that aren't right, you're going to correct them. You see, God's judging you. He's already saying to you, judge yourself. At the end, we'll judge ourselves in one more area. But just stop for a moment and think, we, we get judged here, but where I really get judged is in my daily devotions. We have a series here called Jumpstart, and that Jumpstart teaches us how to have devotions. So you can find my journal at home, and I have three areas, yesterday, the Word, and prayer. I always start my daily devotion with writing yesterday, and then I write neat things with the daughter and how God answered prayer and whatever, pray for the service, get, help me get things ready for Israel and all, and thanks for yesterday and the neat stuff that took place. And then I take time to put the Spirit, you'll hear if you get the tape from Wednesday, don't miss it, I put my life for a moment on pause. I get quiet. I let God speak to me. And he, he'll correct me. Now, he doesn't correct you like, Bomber, oh, you dumb idiot. What's that? You're a pastor. Look what you did. How'd you treat the... No, his, he's kind and gracious. His goal is restorative. So I don't get this, I don't want to hear from you, God. See, many people think, God, they're going to just beat you to a pulp. Well, he could. But that's not him. Remember back in the Garden of Eden when Adam sinned? You remember when Adam said, the next words we hear from God are, Adam, where are you? You know, the world, here's what they think God did. Adam, where are you? Get over here right now. That's not the way God was. You know how I believe it really was? Adam, where are you? You blew it. Man, I, my heart hurts now. Sin has entered the world. You see, that's our God. He's into grace, he's into restoration, but he's into correction. So I judge myself during my devotion time. That's where I do it best. That's where I get quiet. Let him speak to me. Now look at verse 5, and I want you to circle two words in verse 5, because you'll never forget them when you circle them. Circle the word first. You'll see it right there. And then circle the word then, T-H-E-N. Circle those two words. Let's read it. Jesus says, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Remember the doctor? 
That illustration, he's saying, doctor, get your eyesight ready, then you can help other patients. The Christian is to judge their own life before they can help anyone else. How do I do that? I ask forgiveness when God points it out. I correct the issue. I remove the plank. That's why the title of the teaching, Remove the Plank. First, correct my issues. Then, notice what it says, we can clearly see to help another Christian. So here's the principle. Christians are to be actively involved in the lives of other believers, including judging. You see, the reason you always hear me say, get into a small group, be part of the men's, ladies, couples, singles, whatever. Get into a small group is because you have people to know you, to understand that. And God designed us not to be lone rangers, but to be known by other believers. Notice it says, you hypocrite, take the plank out of your own eye and then clearly remove the speck from your brother's eye. It's not your brother, it's another Christian. So I should be related to other Christians. Here's the illustration. You have a Christian friend. Do you know another Christian friend well enough to observe this? Watch. Here's a Christian friend. And they're serving God, and they're doing really good. And all of a sudden, they take a turn to the left in their walk with God. And they kind of head down this road, and you've been there, and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what are they doing? That's not what God wants. And you lovingly come to them after you make sure you're fine with God and say to them, hey, June, hey, Joe, where are you going? I don't know, just kind of dry my devotion time today and, and whatever, just things aren't going good. And, no, no, come on back, come on back. Come on back. I'm praying for it. Really? You, you would pray for me? Yeah. Come on. Come on back. Been to church? No, I hadn't been to church three weeks. I noticed. I noticed. Why? No, I just kind of got discouraged. So, do you know somebody enough that if you took a turn to the left, do you know anybody here that would know it? Pastor Mark, you should know it. Now, how could I know that with seven, 8,000 people? I can't know that. But you should know it because you should have a small group of 10 or 15 people that know you well enough to go, whoa, whoa, time out. Say, well, I don't want to be in it with people like that. Then you'll take this road and you'll hit a blank wall one day and you'll make two decisions. One, you'll come back to God or two, you'll be so discouraged you'll never come back to God again. Now, Pastor Mark, that's negative thinking. No, that's real life. I've been doing this 50 some years and I watch it over and over and over and over again until I'm sick of it. Why? Because you won't get real. You won't get involved. You stay separate. You stay in your own little group. You have no relationship here. You roll in and out of this place on Sunday, that's it for your life. No, you, you can't help another brother unless you know them and can see they have a speck. And when they come, when you come at them, they're not going to go like, who are you? Because you know them and you care for them. Look at Galatians 6.1. Paul says it like this. Now, brothers... If someone is caught in the sin, they took a, an area to the left. I have to make a judge, judgment that they've been caught in the sin. Brothers, Christians, if someone is caught in the sin, you who are spiritual. Hey, I'm spiritual because I'm the pastor. That's not what it means. It means there are Christians that are spiritual. And then it means there's Christians that are not spiritual. First Corinthians 3, Christians, many Christians are simply carnal. They're not growing at all. They couldn't identify the sin. They couldn't help the person if, it, if their life depended on it. So Paul says, 
Those of you that are spiritual, what does spiritual mean? It simply means this. I've judged myself. And I'm growing in my walk. I allowed other people to judge me when it's necessary. And I correct the wrong. So, you who are spiritual should restore that person that took the, the left hook here. You should restore him how? Now, why gently? Because God just restored me gently. You see, if God just helped me get a, a splinter out of my eye and God did it gently, am I to go to the next person and go, what is wrong with you? What did you get a thing in your eye for you? Why did you take a thing to the left? What are you, crazy? Get back over here, you dummy. No, I, w- I want it to be gentle. Gentle. With love. You who are spiritual should restore. Here's that word again. We heard it like a couple times, didn't we? Restore. Not expel. Not beat the tar out of. Not stomp on. Restore him gently. Then look at the next warning. But watch yourself, smarty pants. Or you also may be tempted. And the next thing that person has to do is get you because you took the same left turn. Because you thought you were spiritual enough not to take it. But there you go. See, pride brings a fall. So if I see pride in a person's life, this person in my small group sees pride in me, we attack it. It's ugly. It causes falls. So judging, here's the next thing you want to write. Judging is always about a godly right attitude. Speak the truth in love. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Don't be fault finder all the time. There's, man, we have so many faults, forget it. God will take care of people. He knows how to take care of people. But when there's certain cases, yes, be sensitive, be loving, and confront. Now here, this is your homework for judging. I got one more thing to do and then we'll finish. These three things, when I ask you this morning, you pick who you are. You pick who you are this morning. So judge yourself. I'm not going to judge you. I can't judge you. You judge yourself. Are you a complacent condoner? Pastor Ma, we don't need to worry about the truth. And the, it does, everybody, cry, everybody can get to heaven however they want. We don't, we don't have to be so narrow-minded like all that stuff. I don't need to worry about any of that stuff. Careful. Complacent condoner. Just let, let everything fly. It doesn't matter. Don't want to confront. Second, critical condemner. Everything you see, it's wrong. I'll correct it. I know how to correct it. In my home, with my husband, with my wife, with the kids. Blah, I'll take this. I got it down. Man, God help us. You don't want to be like that. You can't help anybody, and you'll have no friends eventually. Your marriage will just Your kids will just go the other direction. Your business will be, I mean, forget it. But here's what we want. Number three, compassionate confronter with a gift of discernment. You know when to lovingly confront. Love covers a multitude of sins. So look at those three and judge yourself this week. Bottom line is this. Do make wise judgments. We have to. We do judge. But don't be judgmental. I just want to say to you, in this church, I have never met and had the privilege of working and serving with a more gracious, positive, loving people than you guys. You're incredible. You're so positive. You're not legalistic. You know, legalism brings by itself negativity and constant complaining. That's not who you are. Once in a while, we get a negative person, but very rare. Normally, it's constructive criticism. We need that. We're trying to do better. 
So I just want to thank you as your pastor this morning that your grace that you show is seen. It's positive. It's, and I thank you for being teachable and open to the things of God. Now we get to Miss Piggy in verse 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Now, Jesus says we have to make some decisions. We have to decide, first of all, what pearls are, what is sacred, what a dog is and what a pig is. You say, well, I I know what a dog is. No, you don't. This is not what they're talking about. You see, in Jesus' illustration, the Jewish people, this, this particular metaphor, the Jews understood perfectly. If you would give Miss Piggy a set of pearls, most pigs are going to look at that strand of pearls and go, hmm, nuts. Down it goes, and they just walk all over it looking for good food. So that's the illustration. A dog and a pig were both unclean animals. It wasn't like your little pet, our little pet Misa, whatever. It was mongrels. And of course, pigs were, well, they were just unclean. So here's for your illustration. Pearls and what is sacred was the gospel. Pigs and dogs are metaphorically unbelievers, listen, unbelievers who had a hardened contempt for God. Dogs and pigs weren't your average unbeliever, but unbelievers who had said this. You gave them, notice what it says here, you gave them what is sacred. You presented the gospel to them. You presented pearls to them. You shared the gospel with them. And the person over time says to you this, don't ever talk about God to me again. I'm not interested in God. You can have your own belief. I don't care. I don't want a thing to do with God. It's foolish. There is no God. Don't ever tell me that Jesus is the way. I don't want to hear it. Don't you ever say it to me again. Say, Pastor Mark, nobody would do that. Are you kidding? Many of you have relatives that have said that to you. So what is Jesus saying? He says, well, to those people, what do we do? We stop trying to share the gospel with them. Why? It's a waste of time. You can't change them. We stop sharing the gospel. We never stop praying for them. Did you get that? Why? Because some of you are Miss Piggy and Wolfie Doggy. Somebody didn't get, they stopped witnessing to you, but they never gave up praying and God never gave up on you. And your hardened heart finally turned. And the overhead, you see a couple passages where Paul and Jesus, I won't go through them this morning, just maybe the first one. So notice this point. Spiritual discernment is necessary even when sharing the gospel. That doesn't mean when I go to an individual and I invite him to church and they say, no, I won't come to church. You can say, well, I guess I won't ever speak to you. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking to a person that says to you, don't ever. And their heart is hard. They condemn you. They hate God. They don't want a thing to do with God. So Jesus said this when he sent his disciples out. If anyone uh, that you go to in the town will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet and leave the home or town. In other words, move on because you only have so much time. You have only so much energy. Go to more open doors. Paul later on, he went to the Jews. Notice it says down here, In this passage, he went to the Jews and it says, But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes and protested and said to them, Your blood be on your own hands. I'm clear of my responsibility from now on. I basically leave you and go to the Gentiles. 
So, you know, you don't go to that person that's hard and go, I'm shaking my clothes off at you. No, no, no. It's in your heart you're going, actually, you're very sad. Because you know the outcome. And so you, you, you don't really say anything to them. You just do what they wish you do. Not ever to share with them again. But you keep praying. But then you take your time and you do what? You go and you, and you share with other people who are open to the gospel. So all that simply means is, I must be, even in the sharing of the gospel, I have to have discernment. Is it an open door? All of us remember as young Christians... We tried to open some doors, didn't we? And we actually did more harm than good. So we wait for an open door, and we use our time and resources, and the gospel is too precious to let it be stomped on by people. Now, Ed, it's going to take two minutes, and we're going to judge. Why don't you look at me this morning? One day you'll stand before God as your judge or your Savior. Now, the only way you can stand before God as your savior and go to heaven is if you judge yourself right now. And I want you to see John 3, 16, 17, and 18. I want you to see these verses. You're not used to them in this context. You're used to the first verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How do I get eternal life? I realize I'm a sinner. I admit it. I judge myself. I know Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I accept him as my personal savior. Judgment is over. I go to heaven. But look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. You see, people think, well, God sent him, it just condemns me. I come to church and I feel condemned. No, you should never feel condemned. Why? Because you already are condemned. You say, what? Look at the next verse. Whoever believes in him, in Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, stands judged already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of God's only, one and only son. You see how narrow that is? The world says, well, all roads lead to God. Mm -mm. Sorry, I didn't say that. Calvary Chapel doesn't say that. God says there's only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to do this morning. If you're here, and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, and you absolutely want to go to heaven, then by the way, that's the smart thing to do. There's only one way to get there. It's to judge yourself. Admit you have sin, that you can't be good enough to get rid of the sin. You can't. That's why Jesus died. And say, I'd like to judge myself this morning. I'd like to get rid of my sin. I'd like God to forgive me. Will he? Yes. Pastor Mark, been a long time. I kind of got away from God. Will he take me back? Do you remember a principle? God's goal is always restoration. Absolutely he will. You've never gone too far, but you have to admit it. It's fairly common for us to point out issues in other people without realizing that we share the exact same struggle. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us some crucial elements that we can practice when it comes to exhortation. In our study, we learn the importance of being grounded in the Word and to analyze our own walk so that we might better approach others in love and grace. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Each and every one of us experiences times of need, pain, and confusion. Whether it's financial burdens, a sense of insignificance, or not knowing what direction in life we should head next, we all share these burdens. In our next message entitled, Ask, Pastor Mark will teach us the power of prayer in our lives. In our study, we'll learn the importance of acknowledging our need for God, seeking His guidance, and continuing to pray daily. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world A new hope he is given